What's going on, everybody? New camera. We're feeling good about it, right? The microphone's still on its way, but we make it work. We make it do what it do. Either way it goes, we're going to have a good time on today's show. Paul Fittenbaum had some words about the ACC. We want to talk about it. Is it all Jim Phillips' fault? I may beg to differ. Maybe we can have a little conversation about TV deals, John Swafford in the third. I don't know. More importantly, I want to have a conversation about the Coastal because clearly they get a bad rep here in this uh, conference. The divisions are getting a little dicey and people are feeling away. So let's jump in it, into it right now. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. Thank you for making me your first listen each and every day. It's always a pleasure to get to talk to my friends a little bit about some sports, football, basketball, and the like. It is a good time here. We have a vibe here. We make sure that it's really fun and relaxed and chill, so don't feel like there's too much pressure. And of course, I don't always have the right answers, but that's okay. We come back again, and I appreciate your feedback every single time I drop an episode. Make sure you guys check out all of the podcasts in our conference, right? We've got plenty to go down. We're going to fill the group. I have a gut feeling. My goal is to get every single team in our conference an absolutely stunning host to give you some great episodes. Reminder that we have new hosts with Locked on Kane's podcast for Miami. If you haven't had a chance to listen to Alex Dono, he is incredible. He knows his stuff. He knows the Canes. He's so good at what he does. You also got my guy, Brian, Brad, sorry. There it is. You got Brad, who is taking over Locked on Syracuse podcast. He is doing big things talking about Syracuse. My man, Dino Babers, and how the basketball team and Buddy Beheim is now that he's gone. How will it fare for Jim? All of that good stuff is happening over there. So make sure you check out Locked on Syracuse podcast. And you got the regular crew. You got Locked on Louisville podcast. You got Locked on uh, Seminoles. There it is. Stuttering per usual. Jersey Drake in the building. Shout out to him. You got Locked on Wolfpack with Ken Gibbs. You got Locked on Blue Devils with JJ Jackson. You got Locked on Boston College with my guy AJ Black. And you got Locked on Pick. With our locked on, you know, show of the month, shout out to the homie Nick Farabo for getting it done. So you've got a plethora of options here when it comes to listening to the ACC. So if you have a specific team that you enjoy, you might want to get there. But my favorite, not even going to hold you, a little bit biased, locked on Tar Heels podcast with Isaac Shade. He does incredible work. We have some really good interviews that we've had a chance to do together. And I think that if you want to listen to the Heels, he is your source. Get them subscriptions up. Get him to like 5,000 subscribers and all that good stuff. So it's a little housekeeping. But want to make sure you guys are fully aware that there are specific teams that you can certainly follow after, of course, you listen to the ACC podcast, period. Okay, so as much as we talk about the ACC, right, there are always people who love us, hate us, are all in between. It just doesn't matter. We get what we do what we do. We make it get it done. So one to talk and touch about Paul Finnebaum, longtime analyst, longtime insider, giving insight on college athletics. And he, of course, had to give his two cents about the ACC, right? He felt a little away. So he decided to blast 
the ACC about being sort of a step behind the SEC in the Big Ten, right? So he said, you know, quote, that this was a diminished conference. He put very little weight into any of it because the ACC has become such a diminished conference because it wasn't that long ago when they were nipping pretty far back, but they were still nipping at the heels of the SEC and the Big Ten, especially because of Clemson. So look, let's make sure you note that Clemson is the reason why we have had a downfall because they're not doing well. Come back. Okay, now it's been marginalized. It's been marginalized for a lot of reasons, but the biggest is their TV contract, which has a long way to go. I think it has another 10 years before it opens up again. So I have to put them significantly behind everyone that matters. Now, several things, right? Because we keep it very friendly and PG. ACC Network, it has some work to do. We can have that honest conversation for you know, many of reasons why it has some work to do. And I think we also have the fact that the TV deals in terms of just what John Swafford put in place, I think it opens back up in like 2036. So, sure. Are we technically behind the ball there? Potentially, probably, almost most definitely. But when you come to just field play, I think that that's where the conversation should have a bit of a turn. We talked about it a little bit yesterday on Ken, with Kenton Gibbs on the show. We talked about the fact that, you know, Clemson had been a powerhouse for so long. We didn't even think of when a coastal team had been in the conference, had been in the conference championship and a winner beyond, you know, Pitt just last year. But other than that, you know, it was Clemson for so long. It was FSU being one or two schools that have, you know, that top tier talent. And then it was everybody else. And it fell off dramatically. And then when you look at, you know, conferences like the SEC, they're all beaten up their way because everyone's so excellent, quote unquote, right? You look at the Big Ten, you got your Ohio States, you got your Michigan's, the historic programs, and then you've seen the rise of people like Mel Tucker in Michigan State, right? You've seen Purdue pop off some random wins. We're all talking about football here in case anyone's confused, but then you start to say, okay, sure, ACC is not necessarily stepping up in the game. The fact that Wake Forest went on their undefeated run for so long before getting, you know, beat last season. You look at the fan base of Wake Forest, it doesn't, it pales in comparison to an Ohio State, to, you know, and even, let's say, a Michigan, all the like, right? So I get it. I get why there's criticism. But at the same time, well, let me keep the criticism going, okay? I also understand why not fully the deal with Notre Dame has been an issue. That's one knock that I would say, Commissioner Phillips, we got to figure it out. I know we need to have some, you know, go to a speakeasy, talk to the AD another day. Well, he probably doesn't drink, but, you know, whatever. Let's have a conversation with them and say, listen, at the end of the day, we need football to be a part of the conference. That's where all the big dollars go, right? At the end of the day, point blank period. We know Notre Dame fans come out in droves. We know there's a reason why Notre Dame has made plenty of college football playoffs. It's a little bit about the money. About the too, but a lot about the money. Either way it goes. I feel like one of the issues is Notre Dame has to figure out, we got to figure out how to get Notre Dame in this conversation when it comes to football. Maybe it's a three-year plan, it's a five-year plan, but if Commissioner Phillips wants to move away from negativity, he definitely has to figure out how to get Notre Dame in the conversation. Period. When it comes to football sense, it's always a goal. It's always what he's going to be at at ACC kickoff until it happens. It's always going to be one that he can only deflect for so long before people start saying, well, maybe you are the guy. Maybe Swafford, you know, was a great where he can be that leader who makes a change. He went from not 
9 to 12 to 15 school. Like maybe he's the guy that mover and shakers can let things happen. When the Maryland thing went left, he figured out how to get Louisville in this bad boy, and we roll. But I say all that to say, Phillips' legacy is starting out a little dicey, but he can always he can bring it home. The, the Notre Dame get would be one of the biggest, okay, everybody shut up. I got this moments for Commissioner Phillips. So I'm not giving you advice, but giving you advice. Now, I want to continue the conversation about Phil, Phil, Paul Fittenbaum, because I still think there's some negativity that needs to just go away when it comes to conference talk. First, I want to remind you guys that the summer is here, and I know you're trying to get it right for the year. I know you're trying to get part of that Bill Barr sensation. That's why you have to tap in. Imagine going to a party and you just were like, mm, I should eat this birthday cake, but instead I'm going to have one of these Built Bar tasting birthday cakes over and maybe even a little puff, a marshmallow treat. I just received my birthday cake puffs and I have never had anything like this before. They're available right now and can't promise that they'll even be here tomorrow because everyone seems to be buying them out. Built Bars are so tasty and delicious, 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, only 9 grams of sugar. I mean, what more can you ask for with this limited time option? I promise you, you got to go to Built.com right now. Use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. You will not be, be disappointed. Leave me your review. Let me know how good your Built Bar is, and I will certainly take it up to the powers that be. Maybe we can, you know, help each other out here. You help me help you get some really delicious treats. So go to build.com for more. All right, so as we're mentioning, Paul Finnebaum had a few choice words about the ACC talking about it's a diminished conference, which, you know, if you look at the ACC as a whole, it's just hard for me as a former ACC, you know, student athlete, you know, I don't like that word, but as a former ACC athlete, I think it's hard to say they're a diminished conference when, we're so good at so many other things. Now, if you say the ACC is a diminished conference because of the football, fine. We can start having those conversations. I still don't agree, but I can definitely entertain more conversations. But as a whole, every school in the ACC is academically sound. Every school in the ACC has athletic programs that win, AC, win, conference, not, well, doesn't win conference championships, win national championships, or at least competitive in their respective sports. So it's hard for me to just be like, oh yeah, they're they're their afterthought when they're really not. I'm pretty sure we just watched, you know, women's lacrosse from UNC just win a national championship or Boston College, one of them. Fine. Field hockey, all of that. Like it's just soccer, tennis, baseball, even though still a little touch about baseball, NC State, so sorry. Um <laughs> but yeah. More importantly for Paul Vindenbaum though, he had the more downward spiral of the conversation by saying, quote, but uh, the ACC has been led down a very dark and dangerous road by getting in bed with the Big Ten and the Pac-12 Alliance. Paul Finnebaum joined Mac and Cube on the SEC uh, a net. Well, Paul Finnebaum of the SEC Network joined Mac and Cube on a radio station, WJOX 94.5, to give his thoughts about you know, post-ACC spring meetings and how the conference was lagging behind when it comes to other power fives. So let's have this conversation about getting to bed with the Big Ten and Pac-12. Now, I know all of you heard this alliance thing when we were figuring out how to pretty much one-up the SEC or whatever it was, but how much have you heard about the Pac-12, Big Ten, and ACC alliance since? Don't worry, I'll wait. Yeah, exactly. I haven't heard much, (laughs) 
We haven't really heard what's really going to come about it. It felt like the SEC is the big older brother doing big things, making all the money, and then the three younger brothers are like, hey, let's band together. We can really take them on. It's awkward. It's not necessary. And to me, there's seems to be no point of it, right? Like, it doesn't feel like anything's going to come to fruition by it because she's going to have to stay in these uh, contracts that you currently have in place with these other schools. It's going to make it very challenging. I mean, even if you start to compete for spots for, you know, college football playoffs, I understand how football is the, the nature of the beast when it comes to sports because it is one of the more it's the most uh, gener- revenue-generating sports there is. However, that's not the case for every school. There are some programs where basketball slightly ahead, just slightly, but still ahead. And you think about trying to restructure schedules and having to play teams that, frankly, on your schedule as an athlete in college, gets very demanding. Having you know a Carolina having to go play South Southern California having to go play a Missouri, having to go play, well, not Missouri, because they're in the SEC, sorry, but having to go play, you know, Washington State. That's just, like, why? Why, why? What are we doing? <laughs> I mean, sure, USC versus Washington State would be a cool, you know, football matchup, but why? What, what, are, what are we doing, friends? Like, it just feels a little unnecessary. Or, you know, having Ohio State play a Washington. I mean, I get it. Like, it might sound cool on paper, but just a lot of travel, it's a lot of overlap. It's a lot to ask of athletes who are between the ages of 18 to 22. Oh, yeah, and you have to do homework, and you have to be back to class on Monday. It's just, it's not giving what I think Commissioner Phillips and, you know, Commissioner Kevin Warren and the commissioner from Pac-12, whose name I can't pronounce, just not giving what it's supposed to have gave. And it was a good try for all intents and purposes. They meant well. But I just don't see how it follows through because you have these locked-in TV contracts. You have, you know, again, these contracts you have to play with these certain teams every single year. And not for nothing, ACC got their own issues trying to figure out if they don't have divisions or not. So you need to just let us maybe stay <laughs> right here in our little bubble, figure out our bubble, and then go ahead and really try to get with this alliance thing. I think if we should have a joint statement re-released, in my opinion, that says, hey, this was good in theory. We appreciate all the sentiments, everyone really rallying behind his rigs and time to reassess and then come back necessary. That's just, just my thoughts. You know, maybe maybe we can assess the conversation and then join if we feel that it's necessary. But overall, I'm not really feeling the alliance. And I think that Paul Finnebaum has a point that trying to make that work is just solely unnecessary and ultimately is going to be the ACC's downfall. They need to focus on what we got going on right here. But, you know, I, as much as people try to give grief to our commissioner, I don't think that it's warranted just yet. I think you haven't added on some of the serious factors that have really you know, been a struggle for any commissioner who is around any Power 5 conference and get that SEC is it's a horse, it's a, what is it called? A race, it's a horse race. No, maybe that's not the colloquialism. You know what I'm trying to say? It's an arms race about who can be the most dominant conference in the nation. And I think SEC is well beyond what anyone else is doing right now. And then having the addition of Texas is going to be very interesting. And Oklahoma, you know, they're pretty much going to be crabs in a barrel over there. But nonetheless, 
I think it's going to be very difficult for the ACC to try and compete if we don't figure out how to get, again, like I said at the top of the show, Notre Dame's join this football. But we know how difficult that's going to be. That's either here nor there. All that to say, we're going to keep our fingers crossed. But I want to talk to you about some of the real reasons that I truly believe there's a hiccup for Commissioner Phillips' legacy. I think there's some things that, you know, life has happened that no one really wants to acknowledge or play a part of. But here we go. But first, I want to remind you fans that our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one support source for all of your sports betting needs. <sighs> there it is. Find all of the latest items, news, and sports developments, including basketball playoffs. Shout out to the Game 7s that we saw. A lot of blowouts, as I mentioned on yesterday's show. But more importantly, we've got some really good conference finals on the way. Are you a Curry fan? <laughs> That's for you. Maybe you are a Mavs fan. I get it. Maybe you like, you know, the Miami Heat. Maybe you like the Boston Celtics. Those are all, you know, former ACC athletes and they're trying to get it done, trying to win a ship. Make sure you tune into that. You also got Major League Baseball. You got some fights. You've got predictions for next year's NFL season. I know you guys had a really great time watching all the draft coverage, so you're good to go there. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting the playoffs, and even more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device and learn about the trends and action. BetOnline is where the game starts. So we're wrapping up the show here. I'm going to fly the plane eventually. And my things about commissioner clubs, nobody has had to be a commissioner before all these current commissioners in the pandemic. Nobody has had to try and find revenue sources from companies or you know, have the people donate money or fund money. We have philanthropic efforts in the pandemic and nobody was willing to give money because everyone was like, is the world coming to an end? So I think that there should should be more grace extended to him. But how we figure out how to do that is we let the man <laughs> move at least two to three more years before we start being extra critical. I think we got to get truly out of the pandemic space before we can be like, hey, you're not doing your job. You're not doing great. ACC stinks, blah, 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 blah. You know, I think we're being being a little too critical. What my hope is that in this season, in this year's ACC kickoff, we do have a great conversation about, you know, what there could be on the horizon if we are going to keep this alliance. What's going to happen there? And then, more importantly, how are we going to really make the ACC competitive from around the horn? Like, how are we going to make sure that the teams have a viable opportunity to be in the college football playoff conversation? So whether it's, you know, helping fund more better programs or making sure that we dish out the money greatly. You know, I'm not in the weeds. I'm not in the business side of things. But what I do know, something better be figured out soon because the SEC really is starting to make that leap to where it's going to be untouchable. Like, do I think that there's an opportunity for ACC to jump in? Absolutely. But if you look at the big team who won the ACC and how they competed in their bowl game against Michigan State, I know Kenny Pickett didn't play, and I know bowl games are not what they used to be. But if we're going to glorify college football playoffs, and if we even have to look at what's to come when we watch these bowl games, did it give you a lot of hope? Did it make you feel good? I don't know. It knew all day. <laughs> when I look at Wake Forest, they won their bowl game, right? The Pensacola, the Pensacola Bowl. But 
Gator Bowl. Was the Gator Bowl in Pensacola? I don't know. You don't hold me. Wake Forest won their bowl game. Now, even still, do I feel a lot? Do I feel a ways about him? Like, yeah, I can't wait for the AC to read up for Pitt and Wake Forest to come back again. I don't know, but I will say, if you listen to yesterday's show, NC State fans, if you're listening, I'm begging you, please go ahead and get it done. I would love the Wolfpack. And let me hear, hear me hear me say, I would love for NC State to be a part of the college football playoffs conversation. They, those fans need something. Even if they don't go to national championship, I would love for those fans to have one of those glorious moments. I really would. Like, I think when they beat Carolina last season, they needed that. I think a Mechamezzi's, you know, catch with like two seconds left in the game. Thank you, please, God. You know, Devin Carter, if you want to do that this year, go for it. I would love to see and they desperately need one of those type of wins, one of those type of seasons. Like I'm I'm very excited for them. I'm I'm rooting for them. Much of people think, okay, so but I'm rooting for NC State to have a good season. It makes for good house for me. One, because I'm divided, but two, because I think it's good for the ACC when you have teams that aren't historically been known for being powerhouses come in and say a tide is turning, new things are happening, buckle up. Because once you do it once, you're going to be excited to do it again. And when you do do it, you get better recruits. You get people to stay a little bit longer from a coaching staff perspective, or they go to other programs, maybe around the ACC. You know, we love to shuffle around here. So my goal and hope and dream is that somehow we can figure out how to get NC State on top, maybe be competitive with Clemson, maybe be competitive. Hopefully one day FSU will be competitive again because we know that fan base comes out in droves. I don't know if Norvell is going to be the coach who does that, but nonetheless, I also am praying and hoping that Matt Brown and company figured out from a coastal side, Miami, Mario Cristobal, this is your time, bro. Like, this is the time. We have every, if we don't feel like the underdogs right now as a conference, I don't know what to tell you. We're the underdogs. Nobody's believing in us. I believe in us, though. So I truly think that we just go ahead, have really good seasons from both the coastal and Atlantic side, get rid of the divisions next year, be one of the SEC titles where we're just feeding off each other and crabs in a barrel, and then we just get a couple people in the college football playoff conversation, just in the conversation. Even if you get the New Year's Six Bowl, I'm fine with that. Whatever. But it's our time. So hopefully if they're listening, I know all of these players are listening to the show, you got a little bit of that you know, dog mentality in you where you're tired of people doubting you. Here it is. There we go. Don't hold me to it, but I'm, I'm feeling good about the ACC this year. I don't know. I'm feeling good about it. But there, there you have it. Now, if you want to find more conversations about the ACC, as I mentioned on top of the show, there are all of those conference shows or those channel shows, college, you know what I'm trying to say. There are the specific university shows that you can make sure you follow. Do that. Follow Locked on ACC on Twitter at Locked on ACC. You can follow me on Twitter at Candace D. Cooper. But more importantly, you can follow all of the shows around the Locked on Podcast Network, especially because we know it's basketball season. We'll get into that conversation towards the middle of summer. But in a NBA draft, Barlow, Rafael Barlow, the big boards. He has a great podcast. Make sure you guys check that out. For Candace Cooper, come back tomorrow. More conversations about tears. Who's at the top? Who is fighting for the bottom? We'll have that conversation then. Until next time.